Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, a certified paralegal devoted to law and your host to the Paralegal Voice. I'm a certified paralegal and paralegal educator, and I'm devoted to not only the paralegal profession, but to all legal professionals, from legal support professionals to paralegals to those whom we support, attorneys. I'm devoted to helping others enhance their passion and dedication for the paralegal profession through entertaining and engaging interviews. Before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsor, NALA. NALA is a professional association for paralegals, providing continuing education, voluntary certification, and professional development programs. NALA has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since our very first show. And CourtFiling.net. E-file court documents with ease in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. To learn more, visit courtfiling.net to take advantage of a free 30-day trial. And ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, who embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. And let's welcome our newest sponsor, Legal Inc. Legal Inc. makes it easy for paralegals to digitally automate tasks like business formations, corporate filings, and registered agent services nationwide. Visit LegalInc.com slash podcast today to create your free account. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and everyday job. My guests will be engaging and informational, and of course, you guys know, I always have to throw that fun in there. So today, my special guest is Jill Francisco, Advanced Certified Paralegal, President of NALA, and a paralegal for Dinsmore and Shoal of Huntington, West Virginia. Jill, okay, you and I know... I could read pages and pages of, you know, your amazing background and resume. And I thought, you know what? Instead of boring my listeners with my voice, I want the listeners to hear from you. I'd love for them to hear a little bit about yourself in your own words. So if you wouldn't mind, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit of your background and tell me who is Jill Francisco? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And gosh, this answer could take up the entire show, but I assume that this isn't your only question. So I will try to hit the highlights. I've been a paralegal for 22 years. I began with Huddleston Bolin, which was in 1997. um, And we merged with Dinsmore and Shoal in February of 2015. I graduated with a Bachelor's of Arts degree in criminal justice with a concentration in legal studies from Marshall University in 1994. Go herd. I obtained NALA's Certification Paralegal Credential in 2005, and I also, as you mentioned, I have two advanced certifications in discovery and trial practice. I've been involved in NALA in one capacity or another since 2002, and eventually I was installed as NALA's 24th president in July of 2018 during NALA's um, annual convention and expo that was in St. Louis, Missouri last year. Um, I'm also, and maybe the most important thing is I'm a mom to my son, J.D. Francisco, who is 14 years old, getting ready to go to high school, which, of course, I am still in denial. (laughs) And I'm also a wife to my awesome and very tolerant husband, Sean. We recently (laughs) celebrated our 19th um, wedding anniversary. And like you said, I could go on and on, too, but I am sure that you have some more questions for me. Well, there are a couple of things that I want to say is, A, I knew there was, well, there's many things that I I just find so wonderful about you, Jill, and I just have this kindred spirit with you. And I just heard one of the reasons why. It's because you have your advanced certification in trial practice, and I'm a trial junkie, and I love the courtroom. So I think that's one of the reasons I love you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Good. Thanks, thanks, I covered one of them. 
<laughs> and um, how amazing that you've got a wonderful husband, wonderful son to help support you. Because, you know, everyone knows that being a paralegal, there are days that you want to kill everybody and our loved ones that are patient with us um, as we go through our trials and tribulations of being a paralegal in the legal industry is fantastic. So great that you have a wonderful support for you. It, it is. It really is. It's important. So, okay, I'm going to mix it up a little bit today. And for my listeners that normally listen to the show, um, you know, I always got to have that fun question thrown in there. And sometimes I may do it in the middle of the show. Sometimes I do it at the end. Well, I'm going to start our show, Jill, off with a bang. Woohoo! So, um, <laughs> and I want to know, and of course the listeners want to know, you know, as you're a leader in NALA and you've served on the national board for several years now. I want to hear, and our listeners want to hear, what's your funniest, or if you're willing to share with us, your most embarrassing moment at the national level? What's the funniest <laughs> Jill story? And don't tell me you don't have one, because come on, I know you got to have one. So tell me what's your funny Jill story. Well, I, def I definitely have one. You're definitely correct on that. And I went for the funniest story because I know you're, all your listeners you know, do not know me personally, but I, I'm really somebody that doesn't really get embarrassed, although I'm sure I should sometimes, but... I don't have that filter, I guess. But anyway, um, so I think my life is a, really one big funny story, actually. But anyway, here's a hilarious story that recently happened to me last year during NALA's annual convention in St. Louis. And I was performing, you know, some of my duties as uh, NALA's vice president. This was before I was installed. And it was early in the convention where I went up on stage to the podium um, you know, the entire, all the attendees were in there and I was going to do a, one of our special award presentations and the presentation went was planned. Everything was fine. And then during the next break, when I was going to post some, um, you know, I was taking photos and whatever, I was going to post some on my Facebook page and social media. And I noticed some photos of, you know, the other conference attendees were posting of the award presentation that I had just done, which was awesome, except for one thing. All you could see was me and my big hair peeking over the podium. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. And like I said, for those who don't know me, I am five feet tall. And so my first order of presidential business was mandatory step stools at all podiums. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I do have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> Funny thing is, is I was not able to go to the conference last year. And of course, I was following social media very closely. And I saw the pic that picture. And I was just cracking up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's still circling around out there because it was seriously hilarious. <laughs> Well, Jill, you've been serving on the NALA National Board for several years, like I said, since 2009. So I, I would like to know, what was it that made you want to serve at the national level? Was there one thing that said, Jill, this is your inspiration, you know, I want you to serve? Or were there different experiences, combination of different experiences that led you to want to lead at the national level? Well, I'll tell you what, to be honest, my inspiration to lead came from watching my mom be active in local, state, and national professional associations. She was in a different profession because she was a dental hygienist in the schools, and she served two terms as the president of the Department of People Services. So that's what I grew up watching. Obviously, early years, I didn't really understand, possibly, you know, when she was going away to various conferences and things like that. But I knew that she absolutely loved her job. And she always used to tell me to pick something that I loved to go to work every day because it's hard to do something that you don't love and feel passionate about day in and day out. And so I did grow up watching that. And actually, now I am using her presidential gavel when I preside over the meetings uh, of the NALA board of directors. And obviously, this is all very special and meaningful to me because my mom passed away in May of 2008. Wow, that is really, that story just means so much to me because like you, I had a mother that was very influential in why I chose my particular profession and actually kind of found me, but how special that you use her gavel 
when you preside over different functions as president now. So I think that's such a really neat story. Thank you, Jill, for sharing that. You are welcome. If I was a new paralegal and I'm joining my local NALA affiliate or any paralegal association for that matter, but, and I'm like, you know what? Hey, this podcast is really speaking to me and maybe I want to serve in some sort of leadership role. What advice would you give to me if I'm a newbie about stepping up to the plate and serving? You know, what should be my first step or steps? Well, I get asked this a lot when I'm going around, when I go out to visit some of NALA's affiliated associations. And I always say, which sounds funny, but I say, you know, just do it. Whenever I travel, like I said, around to the NALA affiliates, I tell them, you know, step up and get involved somehow. Some way, start small if that's what your schedule allows. But whatever you do, just do it. The possibilities are endless once you take that first step. And sometimes, you know, talking to just your friend, if you're in an organization, saying, hey, I'd like to get involved, you know, what can I do? Some people step up, but then also on the flip side, I try to, as a leader, I try to look out for people that I think, hey, you know, they're coming to meetings regularly. They're kind of beginning to come out of their shell. I feel like there's might be something more there. And sometimes those type of people just need to be asked. And so I try to look for that too. But the moral of it is, if you want to get involved, you're interested, you're kind of itching to do something, just try to just go all in and do it. Just speak to somebody, speak to the leaders of that association and say, what can I do? Because I'll guarantee they're going to have something for you to do. And it's going to be something that you can, you know, it's going to be interesting to you and it's going to speak to you and it'll get you off on the right foot. You know, it's funny that you say all that because, you know, a lot of times some of us that, you know, step up and and say, oh, I'm interested. We have those members that um, almost volunteer tell you. <laughs> you don't get to volunteer. Yeah. You get to, you're voluntold to, <laughs> no to <choice>. step up. <laughs> no choice. But you know, sometimes that's the best way is just to jump mm-hmm. in and start swimming. And that's one great thing about, you know, th- this particular association is that there's a huge support network and you're not going to be left alone. So if you're a little, you know, afraid of stepping out, step out, because I guarantee you someone is going to support you. Uh, and Very help true. you become the leader that you that you you want to be, which kind of leads me to my next question. You know, when we're talking about leadership skills, is Jill, do you think that leadership and leadership skill or skills, I should say, is really an innate skill, or do you think it's a skill that can be learned, or is it a combination of both? What do you think? Well, I think honestly, I think it's a little bit of both, but. I kind of lean to think that it's maybe more of an innate skill. You know, I think you've heard of the quote, you know, have it, do you have it in you? And I think, however, some people don't know or realize that they have it in them to lead. Sometimes it takes, you know, someone like we were just talking about being asked or someone outside um, from like an outside circumstance that brings it to their attention, so to speak, for them to realize that they are a leader. Um, I think you can also know you are a leader and then still learn, constantly learning, actually, and, you know, to perfect your legal, your leadership skills. And I never know if I'm doing it right, if there is even such a thing. But when I have people tell me, you know, that I inspire them to step up or lead or take the certification exam or to serve on a committee or that uh, I'm a mentor to them, it makes me think that I'm doing okay. And those kind of things obviously mean so much to me to get those types of comments from people. But to answer your question, I do think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a combination. I agree with you. I think that, you know, most leaders, and and you don't have to be someone to become the president of a national association like yourself, but even taking on the step of chairing a committee or, you know, overseeing if you think about it in the workplace, you know, overseeing a project, you know, preparing a case for trial, we all have some level of a leadership skill. And we may not realize that we're actual leaders because we don't have that title bestowed upon us. And it's, you know, recognizing that you are a leader and that you're a leader in the rough, 
You know, if you don't have a lot of leadership experience leading a, whether it be a local level or national level, whatever the case might be, you have it in you and it's just a matter of fine tuning that, that skill or those skill sets and figuring out what your leadership style is. And, you know, Jill, all leadership or excuse me, all leaders have a leadership style and many leaders, you know, have more than one leadership style. What would you say is your leadership style? How do you think someone would define your style or could you define your own style? Well, I kind of had to research this a little bit (laughs) (laughs) to um, really, you know, probably make it make sense. But um, I kind of knew what I was, but I didn't really know, you know, how it fit in, so to speak. But anyway, I think I'm the strategic leader. And I looked this up and like I said, according to Wikipedia, strategic leadership is the ability to influence others to voluntarily make decisions that enhance the prospects for the organization's long-term success. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, I feel like that's definitely it. And it hit home with me. It went on to say, you know, in simple words, it refers to the leader's potential or capability to express a strategic vision for the organization and to persuade them to pursue that vision with the help of right strategies and tools. And I also think, you know, that's a part of my leadership style too, is I try to develop a positive attitude and transmitting that to others to encourage them to reach a common goal. And of course, in this case, it's to fulfill Nala's goals, mission, and vision. So I think that um, strategic leader. And I probably should have led in the question so our listeners also understand. When you talk about, and when I was talking about leadership styles, there are what's known as like seven common types of styles from like a strategic, like you were talking about, to a democratic or Mm -hmm. a charismatic. And a lot of times, a lot of these uh, styles most leaders aren't just one style. They have and utilize these different styles depending on the situation. How you behave in a board meeting and how you operate as a leader in the board meeting is going to be a little bit different. And you may switch to the charismatic type leadership style when you're presenting before the membership. You know, Mm -hmm. you use the strategic leadership style in the board meeting, but charismatic when you're... So yeah, you know, we all have, when you talk about leaders, we all have one really dominant style. And for you, your your dominant is, what you're saying is your dominant is your strategic. For me, I'm kind of a, really a hodgepodge. <laughs> I mean, I, I tend to think of, of me as being a democratic. I want everyone to provide their input into the decision that may be being made or whatever the case may be. I, I'm looking to have everyone's voice being heard. But like you, when you're at the podium, you're going to really tap into that charismatic because that's just how you are with the members. And we all have our particular style, but really we have more than one style that we really tap into. Yeah, I think I agree. Totally agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let's take a short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Jill Francisco, president of NALA. Don't turn that dial. Today's episode is brought to you by Legal Inc. Legal Inc. is empowering paralegals to embrace their inner legal rock star by automating the everyday tasks that hold them back. Through their free dashboard solution, paralegals can quickly and easily automate services like business formations, corporate filings, registered agent services, and more. Visit LegalInc.com to create a free account and check out LegalInc.com forward slash podcast for a chance to win Legal Rockstar swag. This episode of The Paralegal Voice is brought to you by CourtFiling.net, your solution for electronic filing in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. CourtFiling.net provides a better e-filing experience so you can spend more time helping clients. Because they know that work sometimes happens after hours, courtfiling.net offers 24-7 phone, email, and chat support. Visit courtfiling.net to receive 30 days of unlimited free electronic filings and see how you too can e-file court documents with ease. Welcome back. 
We are talking with Jill Francisco, an advanced certified paralegal and the president of NALA, the Paralegal Association. And before the break, we were talking about leadership and leadership styles. And Jill, you know, as a leader, you have served in many different roles within the association and for many years. So how do you keep it exciting and not suffer that, what I call the leader burnout? (laughs) Um, I keep from getting burned out because I try to feed off my passion and my enthusiasm that I have for NALA and the paralegal profession. I absolutely love being a paralegal and I want the paralegal profession to thrive well into the future. And so whenever I kind of think, oh, you know, same old, same old, whether it's with my job or leadership and, and associate activities and stuff, I think, you know, we need to keep going forward because I think being involved in your professional associations, being leaders is one of the ways to ensure that the paralegal profession will thrive well into the future. You know, when you're mentoring paralegal students and you're inspiring young paralegals to advance uh, in their paralegal career. So I try to mix it up, keep it interesting like that, and remember, you know, doing what I love and it's, it's an honor. And I try to just keep, keep the passion alive that way. So, you know, Jill, doing it for so many years, you have to have that passion and, and drive to want to keep doing it. And sometimes you can hit what I call that proverbial brick wall at times where you feel like, can I keep going on? But then you stop and realize, you know what? I'm doing this not for me. I'm doing this for everyone that comes behind me. And I want everyone behind me to succeed. And, you know, talking with you, Jill, you sound like me when you talk about your leadership, you know, style and and type in the way of having that servant heart, having that servant leadership heart where you want to serve others. You want them to succeed. You want to see them succeed professionally and personally. And that's what keeps you motivated. That's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you from being burned out. And that's how I look at it is that's how I don't get burned out. I've been doing this now, just like you, for 10 years and in in a leadership, some semblance of a leadership role. And you just keep doing it. We're crazy, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some say, some say. It's funny because when you, when you say we keep doing it, it's like sometimes people ask why you keep doing it and why are you going on? And it's almost like you are making an excuse of why you are so enthusiastic and you want to do it because you don't want to make somebody feel like if that's not their thing, that it's a bad right. thing, you know? <laughs> right. And, and that's one thing as a leader you have to remember is there's others that aren't that way. They just want to be able to utilize the resources that are given to them by the association, come and be a network, but they don't necessarily need to be a leader. They necessarily don't need to lead something, and that's okay. And we as leaders have to remember, we don't want them to feel guilty because they're not (laughs) taking on a leadership role. We have to remind them, hey, right, you're still making a difference by coming. And networking and being a part, being a member. So yeah, definitely. Well, you know, Jill... Um, particular author, um, Simon Sinek, in his book called Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Others to Action, he wrote that people won't truly buy into a product or a service or a movement or an idea until they really understand the why, the why behind it. So I've got kind of a two-part question. So the first part is, why do you think some people, and more importantly, organizations like NALA, are more innovative and influential than others? What sets, you know, NALA, this decision, apart from some others? Well, I think it's all about being at the top of their game. I mean, whether it is an individual or an association, I think it is about striving to be the best. And in our case, and in my opinion, always learning, open to change, being passionate, being enthusiastic, And like we were just talking about paying it forward, mentoring, and being committed. I mean, you have to be all in and willing to do what it takes to succeed. 
um, to succeed in your chosen profession and in your career goals, really. And I think it's all about like, are you really that passionate, that level that you want to get at? I think that's what sets it apart. And then of course, you know, that's an individual. And I think it also applies to association. What, what are they willing to do? They're willing to put in the work. They're willing to put in the time, the dedication to strive and keep ahead of the curve to set themselves apart from other associations. You know, NALA really has been a force in the paralegal legal assistant industry since really the inception, since 1975. And what do you think is really NALA's key success? You know, or more importantly, what is NALA's why? Well, I'll tell you what, I have to say this a little bit, but last fall, the board of directors, we approved NALA's new mission statement, which states advancing paralegals through certification and professional development. So NALA's why has got to be its certification paralegal exam. I mean, NALA has the National Commission for Certifying Agencies, um, which is the abbreviated NCCA. It's the only accredited paralegal certification program. And as as of uh, 2019, there's over 19,000 paralegals who have achieved the certification credential. And like you were talking about, NALA's certified paralegal program has been recognized both nationally and internationally for over 40 years. And so, so to speak, that has got to be NALA's why. It's like, so to speak, our golden handcuff. I mean, it is, that's our thing. That's our thing. And I think that's what sets us apart. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, our profession is really a young profession, if you want to think about it. We're only 45, 50 years old when you think about the advent of the paralegal legal assistant profession. And I was just looking the other day at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they stated that the job outlook projected job growth for paralegals for the 10-year time frame of 2016 to 2026 is approximately 15%, which is twice as wow. much as the average growth rate for all professions, which, yeah, wow, that's amazing. So, you know, when you look at this, we're growing. Our profession is going to continue to grow and, and double other professions. So how does NALA keep up with that growth? You know, what types of opportunities and benefits does the organization provide to its members and its membership? Well, I'll tell you what, NALA keeps up with the growth in the paralegal profession, but it also is always looking ahead and trying to provide what paralegals need at any stage in their career. NALA offers its members volunteer and leadership opportunities. And one of the benefits that I think is sometimes overlooked is the networking platform that NALA provides its members. And, you know, whether it be in person during the annual convention or on one of its many social media sites, and the level of benefit, it's hard to measure, but it can make such a difference in your career when you're out there networking. And, you know, whether, like I said, it's in person or on social media, it it can make you look very efficient in the eyes of your employer a lot of times. NALA also has measurable, so to speak, membership benefits. When you join as an active member type in NALA, that's when you get the most benefits, such as you get a subscription to the Facts and Findings magazine, which features educational and informational um, articles for paralegals. You have free um, a copy of the Utilization and Compensation Report um, so that you can negotiate your compensation and your benefits successfully. And also, that also aids your employers so their ears perk up, so to speak, the uh, higher billing rates for paralegals. This is it's a lot of very useful information that also speaks to billing rates for paralegals based on education, experience, and the like. NALA members also get discounted rates on NALA continuing education programs and select products. And that includes the CP exam, uh, the registration fee, and also if you want to take an advanced certification. You also get select complimentary membership education. And I checked the website when I was preparing for the for this podcast, and there's actually, you get six free now CLE that you can access when you join in the active membership type. And then one of the really things that really people like is you get an $80 gift certificate that you can use towards any of NALA's continuing education programs. And that includes all the online webinars that are 
on demand or live, and also education at our conferences. So it really works out. You really can't go wrong. And if you think about it, you're the one that's really benefiting. And that's what NALA is trying to do, is benefit and provide services for paralegals at all stages of their career. Well, I have to hit on a couple of things that you said. Number one, networking. And I always tell students when I teach that I'm threatened to break their bones because I'm going to beat into them um, the importance of networking and joining an association like NALA or even at the local level, a NALA affiliate, because it's really important to network. That's one of the, the best benefits you can get out of an association. Number two, the survey that you talked about. When I moved from Oklahoma to Nevada four years ago, I utilized that survey because I wasn't sure what the average salary range for my particular, you know, years of experience and area of law, what it was going to be like. And I was able to use it and negotiate a really good salary out here. So definitely. And I will have to say that $80, I love it. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, that's hey, I used What's it for. <laughs> I, I used it for this conference that's coming up. It's eighty bucks off, and that you know made it more uh, even digestible to go. So definitely, um, there are a lot of benefits. So I'm gonna ask you to gaze into your crystal ball, look into the future. You know, Jill, what would you see as a disruptive force that could affect our profession? Do you think there's a one thing or many things that are on the horizon that potentially could affect our industry, and whether it be for the good or the bad? I'll tell you what, I have a couple disruptive forces that have been lurking around. I feel like there's they're always lurking, aren't they? <laughs> but mm-hmm. for example, um, I think one of the things that are that we're challenged with now, and I think will be even more challenging, is engagement. It's a possible disruptive force because, that may impact NALA and the paralegal profession as a whole, because, you know, this is a, there's a new generation of members um, has emerged. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the paralegal profession is young. You know, you were saying 45, 50 years old, and we need to think about it differently. We need to reach out to the younger generation, you know, and this is largely due to the, I think, the fast advancement of technology uh, changing constantly you know, we must plan ahead and be prepared to change and always be willing to accept the trends that keep our profession relevant. Um, I just look, for example, my 14-year-old, he was never raised or never has lived, I should say, without his phone and instant access. Anything he wants to do, mm-hmm. he Googles or he looks up on YouTube. Right. And he's 14 years old. And if it doesn't happen instantly, he's upset. And that's because it's lagging <laughs> the internet. Right. But, you know, it's amazing. And, the, and those are things also that, that's distracting. First of all, I mean, when I'm talking about engagement, it's distracting. You really have to get something and then provide a service that they are not going to get somewhere else, that they need you. Because it is not an automatic now to join your trade association. Like it used to be. That was automatic. Right. The employer paid for it. You paid for it. Now it's, what are you going to do for me? What am I going to get? And I right. think it's getting them in is, is also a challenge. And that's where I think the engagement comes in. But that's definitely one thing I think is a disruptive force. The other one that's a possible disruptive force, which was, this is kind of recent all this year, was brought to Nala's attention where, you know, there's recently in many states, there has been some legislation efforts. Uh, underway to limit, restrict, or regulate professional certifications. And that's, you know, by the government, I mean, by the state. And so NALA has stepped up and we joined an advocacy group, you know, with similar associations that have their own professional certifications. And, you know, obviously we're against this type of regulation. And we must keep ourselves informed and be prepared to combat the charge of this legislation. And so I'm really proud that NALA got in there And we're trying to stay ahead of that game. We're constantly monitoring that because, I mean, it was getting the certified paralegals in the state that they were seeing this legislation being proposed. I mean, it was getting them in an uproar. (laughs) And, you know, we don't want that. I can believe it. We don't want that. So those are definitely 
two things that I think is a challenge. I agree. And I don't know if they're necessarily bad. I mean, you know, like I think the legislation is bad, but I think the engagement can go either way because change is not always bad. No. And I think it's a form of change. I agree with you. Change is always, uh, it can be a very good thing and you can make it good even if it's negative. And I'm glad to hear that uh, the association is on the forefront of, you know, any legislation, regulation that is trying to be formed at the state level because we don't want to have a governmental entity regulating us. We want to be self-regulated. And so I'm glad to hear that. Yep. We had to do it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is it for you as president, right? Then you roll off the board. Am I right? Yes. I have another year. I'll be, yeah, 2020, July, 2020. So of course, I know you're not going to be put out to pasture and <laughs> left to the wolves. <laughs> uh, I am sure I can almost guarantee you're going to take on some other new role and you're going to keep yourself busy and staying Definitely. in the middle of things in the association. So what would you say is your legacy that you leave behind or you want to leave behind to the paralegal leaders that are up and coming? Well, one of the things I kind of touched on it earlier, I mean, I like it to be known to be all in, be engaged, be enthusiastic. Um, I want people to remember my high level of passion for NALA and for the overall paralegal profession. I also want people to remember how important it is to pay it forward. There are so many paralegals and leaders that have helped me and so I strive to pay it forward and to help and mentor all the paralegals I can. I hope that I inspired paralegals to step up in one capacity or another, to do more, and to be better than they were before they met me. And I don't have all the answers, clearly. I have no idea if I'm doing the right <laughs> thing here or not. But I do hope that when I leave NALA, it will be better than I found it. And in a position to thrive and prosper well into the future. Well, thank you for your leadership on behalf of members and non-members alike for being a leader in a national uh, association. And I know that the association's better for your leadership over the years. So I can't believe it. Our conference, the NALAS conference, is less than 60 days away. Um, and of course, it's in beautiful Phoenix. I should really say Scottsdale, um, Arizona. You're going to be there. I'm going to be Definitely. there. Um, <laughs> and I know you've got a full schedule while you're there doing all your you know, duties as a national board member. But I know you're going to be squeezing in some fun time, right? Don't deny it. Oh, I'm trying. No, I'm trying to get you uh, and, and some other attendees. I won't call them out on the air, but uh, to have a pop up CLE in the Lazy River. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that hey wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I'm in. But seriously, okay, good. What are your top three favorite things at a NALA conference? What's your why for going to a NALA conference? Well, let me first tell you that I have attended. NALA's annual conference every single year since 2002. And every year I leave recharged and ready to take on the challenges of my job. And my favorite thing at NALA convention, as we were already talking about, is the networking. I mean, you know, personally catching up with old friends, meeting new ones. And you know, like I said, that doesn't just transpire into, you know, friends, it also your friends, but also friends that help you in your career that, you know, you wouldn't know somebody in New York on how to serve a subpoena, you know, in five minutes. That would take you a lot right. more work to figure out if you didn't have these friends that you met at conventions. So granted, you're having fun with them, you know, we know we're having fun, but it also translates into very useful information that networking does. The other thing that I absolutely love doing is obviously attending the Hot Topics CLEs. So like every time I go, there seems to be always something that they are offering that is Hot Topic that I am, you know, I see on the agenda and I can't wait to learn about it. And, you know, also the other thing is the meetings. I mean, granted, I'm <laughs> I'm having to run some of the meetings now <laughs> from a different perspective, but it is a unique opportunity when you think about it to be a part of a large association and to be able to attend the annual meeting in person, it's a very neat experience. And I feel like that when I am an active member of NALA, that I am making a difference 
in my paralegal career and also in the paralegal profession. And those are my whys for attending. And I think that if I didn't attend, that I would feel like something was missing by ear. The networking, the CLEs, the meetings, and just, you know, feeling that you get when you are attending a conference with, I mean, it could be anywhere, you know, 350, 450 paralegals. I mean, it's just an awesome feeling to be there with your colleagues and, you know, your coworkers. And like you were talking earlier, you know, sharing stories, war stories. I mean, it's priceless, really, when you talk about it. Attending NALA Convention, you know, has become an essential part of me advancing my career. And like I said, just being able to come back and not not be burned out or not, you know, have some struggles about, okay, I got I will have to work on these same cases or, you know, do the same thing. It really gets you energized and recharged and ready to take on that next year of challenges. Well, you were talking about the the hot topic sessions, you know, each year. On the schedule for this year is a topic on searching the dark web. And I am like beyond thrilled about going, but I'm not going to use my laptop to <laughs> be searching the dark web. I'm so, um. <laughs> I'm so excited about that one too. I cannot wait, but I'm kind of like you. It's like, I'm going to kind of be sitting back and seeing what's going to be going on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll purchase the throwaway laptop so we can, you know, search the dark web. That's right. That's we're in the right. session. No <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, Jill, thank you so much for joining me today on our show. You're just an amazing woman, and I really enjoyed getting to talk to you and getting to learn a little bit more about you. If a listener wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do it? Sure. Right now, you know, the easiest way is my email is jfrancisco at nala.org. That does go directly to my work account. So, but this, the J Francisco at Nala.org is much easier to remember than my work email address. So that's a good way to start right now. And, you know, please don't hesitate anybody that's listening to this to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. And Carl, I really appreciate you inviting me on your show. You know, you do wonderful things for the paralegal profession. I know you're out there like I am. And so I really appreciate all your dedication and all your work that you're doing to help paralegals, help the paralegal profession, help NALA, help all professional associations. I truly, personally appreciate your hard work. Jill, thank you so much. If you were here right now, I'd give you a giant hug. So I'm going to give you a giant virtual <laughs> hug. <laughs> I'll give you yeah, a hug when I see you in, in Scottsdale. <laughs> and I can't wait to see you. We're going to have a great time. And I hope everybody joins us. And also, if anybody has any questions too, obviously they can email me or they can contact NALA headquarters about the conference. Yep, definitely. Jill, thanks again. And stay tuned after the break for the listener's voice, your segment to share with me and my listeners your questions and comments. We'll be right back. NALA offers continuing education, professional development, and voluntary certification for all paralegals. The Certified Paralegal Credential has been awarded to more than 19,000 paralegals. The Certified Paralegal Program is also the first paralegal certification program accredited by the National Commission for Certifying Agencies. NALA works actively with all those in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. Learn more about NALA at www.nala.org. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry, connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back. Of course, don't forget about NALA's upcoming conference. Be sure and join over 300 NALA members for the 2019 NALA Conference and Expo, July 11th through the 13th. 
This year's conference will be held at the luxurious Weston Kierlin Resort and Spa, which is located in Phoenix, or really what I should say is Scottsdale, Arizona. This three-day educational event will provide attendees with superior networking opportunities, like we talked about, a chance to earn up to 13 continuing legal education hours, and over 30 sessions developed to help elevate your paralegal and professional skills. So come find me at the conference. I'm going to plan a, something a little bit special, a little, something up my sleeve, so you definitely don't want to miss out. And before we go to my favorite portion of the show, um, I want to share a little tidbit that um, happened to me professionally just recently. Um, about two weeks ago, I was able to attend a conference which is known as the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium. And this was at the Bellagio Resort here in Las Vegas. And I'll tell you, I was blown away. There were over 2,000 legal operations attendees, over 100 exhibitors, and there was like three days, solid days of great CLE education, all about legal operations and the legal operations profession. And by the time it was all said and done, my head was completely spinning. And But what I really wanted to share with you was how impressed I was with these legal operations professionals talking about the importance of paralegals, not just in-house corporate paralegals, but also paralegals in a law firm, and how to efficiently and effectively utilize paralegals in the legal operations realm, you know, having a law firm and a corporate legal department run efficiently and effectively. And really, they talked about career paths for seasoned paralegals wanting to transition into the legal operations arena. And I was so proud to call myself a paralegal and be a paralegal in this legal operations arena and share with others and network with others the importance of using a well-qualified and talented paralegal. And I'll tell you guys, it was a conference to behold, and I cannot wait until the same time next year to attend their next conference. I'm now a member of uh, the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium, CLOCK, as it's it's known. So definitely stay tuned to future podcasts of the Paralegal Voice because I'm going to get a couple of legal operations professionals on as my guests, and I think it would be really informational and great for you, my listeners, to hear more about um, other realms of the legal profession. And now we really come to my favorite part of the show, and I know it's your favorite part, the listener's voice. The listener's voice is an opportunity for you as the listener to send me an email with your questions, your career celebrations, etc. I'm going to go through them. I'll look at the ones. I'll pick the ones to read on air. And if there's a particular topic, you have a question that you'd like for me to answer, or there's a prior guest that you have listened to, and maybe you have a question for them, or you want me to ask of them, Be sure and send me an email and make your voice, the listener's voice, known and heard. So send your email to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W, at gmail.com. Today's question comes from an independent paralegal, and this individual says, Mr. Morrison, I'm a new listener to the Paralegal Voice. I was wondering if you had any segments discussing independent paralegals, virtual paralegals, and or non-traditional paralegal roles. I ask because I've been working off and on as an independent paralegal and really want to get more information on how to make my experience better, as well as more information on how to transition out of the law office. I love your show and hope to hear more interesting segments. Thank you, Paralegal in Transition. Well, Paralegal in Transition, um, thank you so much for listening. I'm glad you love the show. Definitely, I need to get a virtual or independent paralegal on the show. What I was just talking about with a legal operations individual, um, some of those that I networked with were paralegals and transitioned in their particular role in the legal operations, which is a non-traditional paralegal role if you want to think about it. So definitely have to get some of those types of guests on. But, you know, you're asking... How do you get more information? How do you make your experience better? Well, number one, again, networking. Reach out to those other independent paralegals that may be in your respective city 
or geographical location, if you live in a rural uh, community, maybe there's more in your state or even the surrounding states. And just reach out, send a blind email to these individuals. You'll, you'll notice that a lot of these, I'm sure as yourself, advertise um, in some semblance that you're a paralegal, um, an independent paralegal and are seeking other paralegals to network with, independent paralegals, and, you know, collaborate with them on, you know, particular roles or particular skills that maybe you want, you know, improve on. Reach out to your local um, NALA affiliate or other paralegal association uh, that's local or close to you and see if there are other independent paralegals that belong to that respective association. You know, if you want to transition out of the law office, sometimes we, as paralegals, especially if you've been doing it for many, many years, like myself, it was a little bit of a daunting, what appeared to be a daunting task to want to transition out. Um, Sometimes positions and jobs, they find you when you're least looking for it. That's how I switched from working for a litigation law firm, a large national law firm, to transitioning into a corporate in-house paralegal role. I was actually headhunted by the general counsel. And so it was, you know, I didn't go finding it, although I wanted to. I still have a long uh, career life ahead of me, I'm sure, as most of you guys do. And you have to find ways to make it engaging and exciting. And sometimes it's stepping out of your comfort zone and taking a leap of faith and, you know, seeing what other positions are out there, and networking. I can't stress it enough. Every job I've ever had has been as a result of a network. It's been as a result of someone I knew. So I I can't say enough about networking. And that's really how you make your experience better as an independent paralegal, and really any paralegals, to be honest. But networking is how you make that experience better. And that's really the strongest step to being able to transition out of a law office practice realm is taking on other roles and just networking with your peers. Well, keep the questions coming. Thank you so much, Paralegal and Transition. I hope that helped. And definitely stay tuned for future podcasts because I will definitely be in search of getting a guest that is an independent paralegal or virtual paralegal on the show. And that's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. If you have any questions about today's show, please email them to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. Stay tuned for more information and upcoming podcasts for exciting paralegal trends, news, and engaging and fun interviews from leading paralegals and other leading legal professionals. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.